Detroit Beard Collective is a proud sponsor of Creaking Door Paranormal Radio, powered by SlackJohnPunks.com. Guys, tired of trying to make that burly beard of yours look and smell good? Then check this out. Straight out of the Motor City, where they know a thing or two about being tough, comes Detroit Beard Collective, specializing in making that facial hair look good with products like beard butter, beard oils, and soaps, specialty combs, and so much more. Come check out the line today at Detroit beardcollective.com dbc takes pride in using detroit and michigan-based companies and ingredients in all aspects of their product development and manufacturing as they continue to build detroit's premier grooming company even burly dudes like to look and smell good and dbc will make that happen do yourself and your badass beard a favor and log on to detroitbeardcollective.com and check out all the amazing products they offer and when you're ready to check out use promo code sj JPDBC to receive 10% off Detroit Beard Collective. Cleaning this world up one beard at a time. And welcome back inside Creaking Door Paranormal Radio, powered by SlackJawPunks.com, holiday edition. The holidays are upon us. Tim Ellis and Brad Blair with you as we are getting ready for the holiday season. Brad, it's uh, we actually we got real busy around September and October, so it's been yeah. a little bit since we've put out a new episode. It has been. We've been on the road. Mm-hmm. We, we've been on the road pushing the Promoting book. Promoting the new book. Supernatural Haunts. Fun. It's, it's been a blast, and we want to thank everyone that came out for any of those talks that we've been doing. You bet. Finally wrapped that up a week or so back, and now we are back in the studio with Creaking Door. Yes, and nothing like driving through snowstorms in the first <laughs> couple of weeks in November. I'm glad that part's over with, but it was it was a lot of fun, and uh, glad to be settled down now for the uh, holidays and, and ready to uh, uh, get back into the studio as we are here. So a little bit different today, uh, a little bit uh, we, special. We have a creeper. Yes, we do have a creeper inside the Creaking Door. Uh, somehow he broke in. He was sitting here when we walked in. We're like, Dustin Perry, what are you doing in the studio? I've been waiting for you guys. You know, like I, I figured I was I was around here. I might as well be a part of this. Might as well. This is actually pretty cool for us, Dustin, because uh, you, obviously you are our scheduled guest to be on with us. But uh, because. You know, most all of our shows actually have had to be done either by phone or via Skype. But you happen to be in our hometown for uh, a uh, another event that we'll talk about here coming up. But uh, it was really it's really cool to have you actually in the studio with us. Yeah, Thanks thank for taking you. Time. I appreciate. It. I I I, um, I enjoy being in the studio much more than being on the phone. You know, yes, it's, it's a lot more personal, a lot more fun for sure. I agree. So you're kind of getting uh, uh, in be- uh, behind the scenes look at just. 
how uncool our, I, our show is. I'll tell is. you what, I've listened to it before. I never knew you guys did it naked. This is interesting. <laughs> I thought that was just implied. Uh, it's, it's what our guru told us to do. We get in touch with everything better. Yeah, it that feels way. natural. Literally, yes. <laughs> There's nothing natural about it. <laughs> but again, Dustin Perry is with us. Uh, of course, a star from Ghost Hunters, Ghost Hunters International, and many other wonderful projects, which we're going to be talking about uh, in the second segment, which is where we interview our guests. But since Dustin's here, we're not going to make him sit out in the lobby. I mean, he traveled this far. We might as well <laughs> let him in the studio it. early. Thank so you. you could be a part of it with us here, Dustin, as we get ready to uh, do some para news and uh, kind of see what else that goes on here inside Sounds the creaking good. door. Exactly. Shall we do it? Let's kick in. Let's do it. Let's jump right into para news. And uh, here's where we grab a couple stories that we <laughs> like that are kind of fun out there and deal with the strange and the paranormal, much like the entire show here. So, Brad, go ahead and kick her off. All righty. You're on the road all the time, Dustin. You travel a lot. Indeed. Do you do the Airbnb thing or are you mainly a hotel guy? Uh, a couple of times I've been uh, in the Airbnb. I'm always concerned about surveillance cameras. <laughs> <laughs> you know? It's just weird. I, yeah. I, I always bring them in and leave them, but I never see any of it pop up on the internet. So, I, I, Anyway, our first story comes from the head of Airbnb, talking a little bit about some of the strange reports that they've gotten. Okay. CEO Brian Chesky has opened up about the weirdest complaint a user has ever made, and it involves a debatably friendly ghost named Stanley. One day a customer calls us and says they want a full refund. We said, well, why do you want a full refund? And they came back with, because the house is haunted and there's a ghost in the house. Chesky's team needed to verify the claims and rang the host, assuming they would deny that their property was haunted and lacking any supernatural photographic evidence, it'd be case closed. Well, unfortunately, the host confirms that the ghost says that it's friendly, a ghost named Stanley, and that the ghost Stanley is in the listing description. Chesky says we, <laughs> we read the listing and Stanley is in fact mentioned. <laughs> But much to the guest's disappointment, he was not the friendly ghost <laughs> that was uh, advertised in the listing. When Airbnb pointed this out to the spook guests, they clarified that their issue was not with Stanley's presence, but that he was not friendly. Yes, we knew about Stanley. That's why we booked it, Chesky says to the guest reported. But Stanley has been harassing us all night. <laughs> Chesky was at a loss. He said, how do you educate that? There's no playbook for this kind of stuff. Stanley, the ghost of questionable amicably, <laughs> questionable amicability. There you go. There we go. I got him. Close enough. Yeah. You know, know where we're going with it. He might be a nice ghost. He yeah. might not. So Tops <laughs> well, Chesky's list is strange Airbnb issues, but he says the company gets millions of customer calls daily, and many are, in fact, quite bizarre. Well, first of all, with the name Stanley, it sounds like you're talking about your pet dog or cat, right? right. So, I mean, Stanley Ghost is not going to be mean, I wouldn't think. It doesn't sound it. No, but now with you, Dustin, again, you've traveled a lot. You've stayed in a lot of places, whether it be hotel or Airbnb. Have you ever experienced something that you thought, oh, all right, there's something here? So, you know, sometimes the, uh, sometimes the hotel, the, the innkeeper, I like to term innkeeper. Nobody yeah. uses it anymore. <laughs> no, you're right. Innkeeper make, oh, I put you in the haunted room. It's like, <laughs> I'm kind of off the clock right now. Like, yeah, really. I, I don't want to work. Sleep. <laughs> well, relax, you know? But uh, yeah, for sure. Especially when we did the international show, they used to always oh. shove us like, you would live in the yes. haunted place for two weeks, you mm -hmm. know? So it's like, it's, um, it, it kind of wears on you after a while. It's like, I just want to sleep at this point. Right. You know, yeah. for sure. But enough, I mean, it's a great enough. selling feature. I mean, if you're trying to rent a room, if a lot of people are into that that kind of stuff you know well, as, yeah. as long as you have a safety word i think it works <laughs> <laughs> well like in this case when you rent the haunted room you rent the haunted location because it is haunted right. and then ask for a full refund because i'll be damned it was haunted right 
Yeah, that's a yeah, li- little bit suspicious there. Well, and, you know, Brad, you and I have talked about this before in, in a lot of our talks. We have one segment where we talk about paranormal and the law. Right. You know, when you're trying to sell a haunted house, if you're out there claiming your house is haunted, you have to reveal it to the people who yeah. are buying it. Right. Disclosure. Yeah. Disclosure. Yeah. So this kind of goes along the same lines, but it's not like they were trying to hide it. No, they, they actually used it as a selling feature. Right. Which... Apparently is why these people rented it in the first place and then asked for a full refund. So perhaps maybe what uh, le- if lesson learned out of the description, take friendly out. Yeah, that's all. Yeah. Just it's say Stanley's here. Right. Stanley's yeah. here. It depends on you know how he feels. That he day. has a bad day just like all of us. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> right, very good. Uh, here's my uh, first story here uh, for Paranews. And again, Dustin, you're kind of a, um, a workout fiend. You probably get out there and do a lot of hiking when you I, can. I do, yeah. yeah. I love hiking. I try to stay in shape. I eat a hell of a lot of pizza, so I just got to keep that <laughs> off. <laughs> Well, hopefully, if you, uh, hopefully you never get lost. But if you do, hopefully there's, uh, this can kind of be what happens. Because after 10 days lost in the wilderness, a Taiwanese hiker found his way back home with a remarkable tale to tell. The alarm was first raised back earlier this month in November when a 60-year-old Sung Rayong failed to return home after going hiking in the mountains in southern Taiwan. Uh, an extensive search and rescue Operation was quickly quickly organized. 111 police officers and firefighters and 284 volunteers combed the region for any trace of them. After 10 days of unsuccessful searching, uh, it looked grim. But then, much to everyone's surprise, soon suddenly reappeared and was taken to the police station by a local villager. After thanking authorities for their efforts, he explained that he had survived after his rations had run out by eating natural sugars from plants and drinking water from the stems. But he said the most interesting thing of all this was how he managed to find his way to safety. According to Soong, while hopelessly lost in the mountains, he was approached by a kind couple that showed up out of nowhere who led him back towards civilization. He had remained with them for over two hours as they walked through the woods, but then suddenly at one point turned to discover that the couple had completely disappeared. And after a brief search for the couple, he found his path back down the mountain. He believes that the couple who guided him were actually the ancestor spirits of two indigenous Taiwanese people who once lived in the region. So, cool story. Happy ending. Very nice. Um, friendly ghosts. Friendly ghosts, yeah. yes. And, the type uh, you would want in your Airbnb. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. Very true. But you've heard stories about this, you know, mm-hmm. where uh, hikers go off and yeah. uh, some a lot of people um, share stories of what they believe was their guardian angel or their spirit guides coming through. So. Right. You also have to wonder about what kind of plants he was eating. Well, that's just There's it. That you as know, well. You know, <laughs> and, uh, you know, or even lack of food. Your, your body and your mind start to do weird things, yeah. you know. Yeah. But um, he found his way out. He found his way out that's from it. apparently to a couple, too, which is kind of cool. They, you don't expect to see a husband and wife just well, no, appear. Till, till death do us part. I guess. Right. After that, no, you're good to go. No, so happy ending sweet. there in Taiwan. Awesome. <laughs> Based on ghosts. So 2019, it's been kind of a big year for the UFO crowd. It's kind of really uh, had a resurgence, the UFO field. It, it seems big. to. And I think a big part of it was the Navy coming out mm-hmm. and, and actually admitting that a lot of this stuff does happen. And that's where our next story takes us uh, some people that actually had uh, some some navy officers who had their evidence shall we say yeah. confiscated that, by some unknown individuals the video that was released was pretty 
impressive. There have been a few yeah. out now, and e- even here in northern Michigan, there were some uh, some interesting video clips that were taken over Lake Superior mm-hmm. this summer, too. Mm-hmm. But I digress. So anyway, in this one, uh, several Navy officers who witnessed the now-famous Nimitz UFO encounter in 2004 claim that unknown individuals showed up after the event and made them turn over the data recordings and videos. This according to an article in Popular Mechanics. For several days in November 2004, a Navy missile cruiser sailing around 100 miles off the coast of Southern California detected strange radar signals emanating from an object in the sky. The signals were erratic and didn't seem to match those given off by known aircraft. The Navy then deployed fighter jets to catch a closer glimpse of the strange object, and one successfully recorded a blurry black-and-white video that was, to the government's chagrin, publicly released in 2017, Mm -hmm. along with two other videos of UFO sightings from years later. Five Navy veterans recently spoke to Popular Mechanics about what they experienced at the time. The veterans were part of the Navy's Strike Carrier Group 11 and were sailing on the USS Princeton on a training mission prior to their upcoming deployment in the Arabian Sea. Strange radar signals came from an object that would quickly change altitudes, some lurking at 80,000 feet, other times hanging around 30,000 feet. The UFO became known as Tic Tac because of its shape. Tic Tac gave off a phosphorus glow at night and would dart around in various directions, said one of the veterans. Voris recalled that sometime after the officers recorded these strange radio signals, two people showed up. Twenty minutes later, his chain of command told him to turn over the data recorders. Command also took (laughs) took him and deleted the recordings on the ship. They even told me to erase anything in the blank tapes. Similarly, Petty Officer Patrick P.J. Hughes, who was an aviation technician, claimed that his commanding officer and two unknown men asked him to turn over the hard drives from the plane. So, kind of interesting. Kind of an X-Files feel uh, to Well, that. the military version of the Men in Black, almost. Really is. Yeah. Yeah, showing up and, you know, not just showing up at people's houses knocking mm-hmm. on the door. Right. We're talking about people showing up on military bases and, yeah. and claiming this. So. That's always interesting, too. I mean, because the videos have been fantastic. And yes. Like, all the ancient alien stuff is really kind of like brought a lot of stuff. I mean, there's a lot of weird theories and stuff, but it brought yeah. a lot of it to the forefront. And like the, the Tic Tac video and, and the other Navy video that was released that mm-hmm. they talk about, I think just kind of brought it to the forefront, made people talk about it more. But to think that, you know, government officials aren't going to give up anything. Right. But then no. yet somehow they know, okay, this is these are serious people. We have to give them what we have and delete mm-hmm. them. That's insane. Yeah, it, yeah, it really is, which of course just makes you, the video itself made you raise an eyebrow and like, whoa. Yeah. And now you hear this and it's like, okay, there's something that they didn't want out there anymore. Yeah. But now, yet now it's it's showing up more, and they're releasing the fact that yes, this was there. They're letting it out publicly. Um, you know, it, it's interesting. It seems like they've taken a complete 360 on this and turned about, and they're they're now heading maybe more towards disclosure. You know, you, you keep hearing people f- saying that they think we're heading that way, and and I would like to think we are. Um, yeah, I, I I'm a firm believer that the government knows a lot more than they're saying. Absolutely. I mean, how do you not how do you not be the the, the government of one of the biggest countries in the world and not have some idea? Yeah. Or sure. information. 
you know so we'll see what's your thoughts on ufos dustin I, i'm a big fan yeah. i um you know I, I i don't have the ability to sing to them and make them appear in the night sky but <laughs> i do um i do enjoy like you know reading about them and looking for the, there was a time i was coming um i was coming out of a lecture uh, college lecture one night and i was driving like to wherever the next stop was mm-hmm. and um this is the, the first time I ever seen anything, and and you know it was just long straight uh, straight road, and uh, in the night sky it looked almost the shape of an eyebrow, like just lit up in the sky and went from red to white, red to white, and then oh, just wow. shot off to the side. And uh, I was with my buddy Cody a couple of years ago. We were driving out of a lecture one night. We were up in Massachusetts and heading back, and it looked almost like a Tiffany lamp, like this weird light, like in the sky, and then just gone. And Ugh. so there's been a couple of times I've seen stuff that I just can't explain. You yeah, know? I, I definitely believe there's there's life out there somewhere else for sure. Um, in terms of, you know, what our levels of interaction, you know, how it's uh, maybe embedded with our government or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, the, who knows? But uh, John Tenney knows. I always do. Yeah, <laughs> if anyone knows. When in doubt, or Andrea. to Tenney. Yeah, yeah. for well, sure. For sure. not certain Tenney's not an alien. That's so, very I true. Possible. That's how he gets all the inside info. <laughs> yeah, anyone who can wear a trench coat as much as he does. It is impressive. And have clothes on underneath. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. He's got to be alien. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so here's uh, the final story of Paranews here, this edition of Creaking Door. And this isn't really paranormal by any means, but just uh, one of those stories that really caught my attention. And, of course, it's coming out of the Old Testament of the Bible. And a lot of people say, are the stories from the Old Testament, are they actual, did they actually happen in life? Because if, you, if you've ever read the Old Testament, it's fascinating. They talk about giants and they talk about, well, of course, you know, Jonah and the whale, a guy who went into a belly of a whale and got himself out. And, and even Noah's Ark, and that's what this story is about. Did they really build an ark that saved mankind and animal kind from a from a flood but the final whereabouts of the biblical vessel have long remained a topic of heated debate among historians with many unable to agree upon whether or not it actually existed now among those who do believe that the story of noah actually happened some maintain that the ark has already been found at the durpinanar site of mount Tenduric in eastern Turkey. Now, the large vessel-shaped formation first gained attention back in 1959, and there have been numerous expeditions to the site over the years by archaeologists hoping to prove that it really is Noah's Ark. Now, a film crew headed up by veteran Ark hunter Sem Searstein has reportedly visited the site with modern imaging equipment, and they say they have obtained 3D images, finally, of the alleged vessel that lies underneath the ground. So, they're, of course, they're going to release it, uh, called Noah's Ark 2, because apparently he put out a documentary already called Noah's Ark, and uh, he said it should be released. Noah's Ark came out in 2017. I've never heard of it or seen it. Been waiting for the sequel ever yeah. since. Yeah, <laughs> well, here we go. It's coming. Noah's Ark 2. Uh, I don't think this one stars, uh, what's his face? He started in the first one. DiCaprio? No. <laughs> no, but he might as well see. He could be in it. Uh, what's his face? In the first one. The first Noah's Ark movie. Um, he he was in uh, Noah. Uh, Noah. Was it, it, it Noah? was Noah. It was uh, it was uh, Russell Crowe. Crowe. Oh yes. yeah, he was in that. Yeah, he played oh, Noah. Huh. Yeah. You put a beard on him, you don't know it's him. No. You're thinking of Gladiator. There we go. Yes. But anyways, so the new documentary called Noah's Ark 2 is supposed to be released soon, and they say it is definitive proof, 3D imaging, that Noah's Ark is somewhere in Turkey. That's that's where most people have been looking for yeah, it, for, yeah, is for over in the Turkey area. Thing, yeah, yeah and, and up on one of the mounts. I thought, I even thought Mount Ararab or something was one of them too, but they kept checking the mountains in Turkey, and this guy says he has found it. 
Well, the nice thing is with the 3D technology, now we can print a new one. Yeah, that's right. Yes, we can build them. You're absolutely right. <laughs> yeah. Those 3D printers are great, but I don't know if we have one that big yet. Yeah, but it's little pieces. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> one plank at a time. We'll do it. All right, there we go. There's your stories for Para News. We are going to take a break. When we come back, the gentleman you've already heard in the studio with us, Dustin Perry, is going to be our guest, and we're going to talk things all Dustin Perry and right around the holidays too. One of his favorite times. So. Please don't. And, and please don't go topic. away. <laughs> <laughs> Stay. We'll be right back. This is Creek and Gore Paranormal Radio, powered by SlackJawPunks.com. Think of Michigan's Upper Peninsula as the scary attic sitting there above the rest of the state. I can think of no better guides to take you inside the history and lore than the guys of the Upper Peninsula Paranormal Research Society. Those are the words from writer and lead researcher for the hit TV show Ghost Adventures, Jeff Belanger. For over 20 years, the Upper Peninsula Paranormal Research Society has dedicated their lives to researching the paranormal. And now, some of their favorite cases are brought to life on the pages of their debut book, Supernatural Haunts. Come inside these pages with the team as they share intimately the history of each location and their experiences during their investigation. Learn their techniques and some of the most intense moments they have faced. True stories and true accounts of ghosts await you inside the pages of Supernatural Haunts by the Upper Peninsula Paranormal Research Society. Get your autographed copy today at www.upernaturalhaunts.com. Back inside Creek and Door Paranormal Radio. Tim Ellis, Brad Blair with you. And as you know, by now, no surprise who are our special guest is inside the Creek and Door for this episode. It is the one, the only, the incomparable. Mr. Dustin Perry. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. Hello, sir. <laughs> Hello again. <laughs> it's very good to have you in. So you. Uh, as we explained in the uh, opening segment, we've never had a chance to actually have one of our guests in the studio with us because we're always either on the phone or on yeah. Skype. So this is nice uh, to actually be able to be face-to-face and chat. But you never first, forget your first, Tim. That's right. <laughs> you never do. Uh, and, and I'm glad yours is mine. Thank you, sir. So anyways, uh, let's talk about why you're here uh, in Sault Ste. Marie, in our hometown. Uh, um, it's not August. It's not Michigan Paranormal Convention. You're here for, but yeah. but for a very special reason. Yeah, why are you here? Yeah, really. By the way, <laughs> it, I'll tell you, it feels very strange being here. It's um, it's always nice coming up here to be a part of uh, MI Paracon, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm staying over at the casino. And last night I went to get a grilled cheese like around 1 a.m., which is normal during you know Paracon, Paracon weekend. Yeah, and it was great because no one was there. <laughs> there was no line, and the people still knew me. They're like Dustin, like what are you doing here? I'm like, I know it's weird. Right? That's cool. So, <laughs> That's really yeah, cool. Yeah. I'm up here to do a series of motivational lectures um, for the community and for the schools, middle schools and high schools and everything. Is um, The motivational work is a big part of uh, who I am and what I do. Yeah. Kind of you know, use a little platform I have from the paranormal and the TV shows to try to put a little good out there. Yeah, I mean, anyone who's ever sat through one of your paranormal talks, you, you always stay very 
um, on the positive side, the motivational side of that, and, yeah. and how it's, uh, I think you've said before, we're all energy. We're all in this journey together. Right. So yeah. let's support each other. So you've kind of taken that and you've transformed it into motivational. Yeah, I've made it a topic that uh, everyone can talk about. You know, like the, yeah. the ghost stuff is, is, is great. Mm-hmm. And, and I love all the weird things in the world. But um, I think kind of tying into the fact that we're all here together, that we're all spirits in this human experience and mm-hmm. looking for opportunities to lift each other up and help each other out and everything. And uh, it all works. It's, it's, uh, it's fun, though, you know, even with the paranormal stuff, like I like putting in that the motivational thing because I've had people come up to me they're like, you know, I came here for ghost stories, but mm-hmm. you gave me something that I really needed. And, yeah. like, and, and that really resonated with me, which made me want to do this kind of stuff more. Yeah, absolutely. You never know, especially when you're talking in front of a crowd that big. Someone out there at that moment is needing to hear yeah, something. For yeah, for sure. Especially as paranormal people. Right? A lot of us are freaks and geeks. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And that's yeah. exactly the point I was just going to make. There's a lot of people that show up at these paranormal events that are really consider themselves to be on the fringe, yeah. whether whether they be you know goth or if they have you know psychic abilities, something different that that makes them stand out. I know right. Tim and I talk all the time about how you know we we were the weird kids growing up. We yeah. were the ones that were always into the ghosts and and Bigfoot and UFO and and anything that was strange and out there and you end up kind of maybe even setting yourself as an outcast to a point with this but at at some point that can catch up to you and I think it does a lot of people in this community and that's where it's great to have somebody like you Mm -hmm. to turn all of that around and show the positives in it yeah for sure you know it's uh it's it's interesting um Tenny and I did a presentation one year actually up here in the Sioux and it was about how you know the paranormal people a lot of times you know because of our t-shirts with skulls and all that (laughs) stuff we we think we're a culture that's obsessed with death but Mm -hmm. actually we're obsessed with life and yes, the idea of, of what exactly. goes on after this and our energy going forward and um, yeah but I, I think a lot of times we kind of we kind of stereotype ourselves mm-hmm. and, you know and because mm-hmm. I was in that that weird back table with the cafeteria in high yep. school you know with my mullet and my skull <laughs> t-shirts my death metal music and talking about ghosts and stuff and uh, yeah. but there's a lot of good people that we just like weird stuff and that's okay it's yep. good it's we shouldn't all be doing the same thing it's boring as hell yeah. you got that right yeah, absolutely. So let's, uh, before we get more into the paranormal side of things here, Dustin, um, but let's stay on topic a little bit with your talk that you're going to be giving while I you're can never stay on topic. I apologize. <laughs> oh, I'm reeling you in, brother. No. So um, let's, you know, so, but talk a little bit more about the magical mystery box and, and how that works. Sure. Tell us, give, give a little insight. So I've got a series of different motivational lectures. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my favorite ones is, is the magical mystery box. And uh, my wife, I always joke that she calls my big box a crap. But it's um, <laughs> it's it's a box that's filled with a bunch of just random stray items, you know, some broken little things and knickknacks and toys and whatever. But each one has a story to it, you know. And uh, my brain works a little bit differently than than most people. I fell down thirty two slate stairs when I was a kid and cracked my head open. Oh, it, they put me back together pretty enough where I could be on television. But the brain <laughs> the brain doesn't always work normally, and so things always remind me of something else, you know. And uh, I, I don't like to do presentations where I'm sitting there reading stuff to people. So the mystery box is nice because it's never the same lecture twice. I throw different things in and out of the box. I invite people out of the audience to come up and take something out of the box, and that guides us how we're going to go. Mm -hmm. And we don't have to get through every item in there, and so we just do whatever 
the night comes up with, you know, right. and uh, each story is motivational and uplifting in its own way. And I think a lot of times there's, there's things that, you know, um, we don't even realize resonate with us and somebody will choose an item and that story really ties into what they're going through. So it's uh, one part paranormal, one part spiritual, one part uh, motivational. And uh, yeah, it's good times. All Especially magic. Especially around the holidays right now. I got to yeah. believe this is something that ties in really nicely with that. Yeah, for sure. And I, I do have like, you know, I have a Thanksgiving edition of the mystery box, a Christmas edition of the mystery box. And it's uh, it's a time of year that uh, should be festive and fun and, and full of, uh, of love and laughter. But uh, it can be very dark for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. You know, people have lost others, especially if you lose somebody around the holidays. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's really, really tough. And um, it's also a time where we can very much feel kind of isolated, too, because yeah. you see other people that are having a lot of fun and they're, you know, in love and they've got family and there's gifts and they have money for things. And you're like, man, how come I don't feel like that? And then it feels almost magnified because everybody else is so damn happy and all the Hallmark movies are on and <laughs> it's like why do I feel sad you know and it's um, it's it's okay to feel that way and I think it's good for people to be able to talk about those feelings because I think that gives you a little bit of ownership of your feelings too and it's also nice to see there's other people that are going through the same kind of thing yeah yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, now you're, you're uh, kicking into a stressful season yourself. You're, you're buying a new home. Yeah. And, and yep. you are moving in the week of Christmas. Right. Oh, my Indeed. goodness. Are you kidding me? Yeah. So, so, so you might need a little magical mystery box time to yourself here. <laughs> I'll tell you what, man. I already told my wife. I said, listen, just because we're moving to a place the week of Christmas, don't think I'm not decorating. Like, <laughs> I, already, I already have all our current Christmas stuff boxed up separately because when we hit that new house, I want to hit the ground running. I want the neighbors to be like, oh, damn. The Griswolds moved in. <laughs> like, I've got the lights. I've got all the lawn ornaments, the reindeer. Everything's ready to go. Well, see, this awesome. is perfect. When you pack everything to move, you can just put that in Christmas wrapping paper. <laughs> That's right. And you and your wife and daughter can open up all the yeah. stuff you've already got for <laughs> Christmas right. Day. It's like an, oh, an man. Yeah. That is going to be stressful, but exciting yeah. at the yeah, same time. For sure, yeah, for sure. For sure. It's a good time to uh, to, to start uh, new things, you know, yep. the festive time of year. I'm going to have a fireplace for the first time ever. Oh, so nice. hopefully I don't I burn that. anything down, but I'm yeah. very excited about <laughs> You know, finally having the right place for for Santa to show up. So well, and, and anyone who follows you on social media, um, I mean, you're a huge fan of the holidays. You yeah, the holidays. for sure. You live listen to Christmas music in the middle of the summer. Yep. You know? <laughs> yeah, um, makes me very happy. One of those people. Yes, <laughs> indeed. Hey. So I was, I was going through your website though, DustinPerry.com, and I see actually one of your presentations. You have a, already a busy schedule. Um, lessons learned from a Christmas Carol. Oh yeah, that's cool. That's one of my favorites. Yeah, I um I try to make a new Christmas one every year. That one I think I started last year, uh, but we got a couple of bookings for it this year. And a Christmas Carol, that story, um, the Dickens classic, has always meant so much to me. Growing up, we used to go. I remember in fifth grade they brought us um, in the middle field trip, and we went to the local theater, Trinity Rep, to see them perform this. And right then I was like sold on it. Like this yeah. is amazing. And it's been a tradition that every year, you know, since I was sixteen, I've gone to see this play and um, you know they always change it a little bit and stuff and it's always nice but the story means so very much the idea of of uh, transformation and, and hope you know, um, and also that human struggle. I think it's all it's all nicely represented in there. Plus, yeah. there's ghosts too. Yeah, you know, exactly. so there's a little bit of everything. Yeah. But I'll tell you the. Um, there's two lectures I can barely get through without getting emotional. It's a Chris, uh, lessons learned from a Christmas Carol, and I have one called "It's a Wonderful Lecture" based on "It's a Wonderful yeah. Life," and those two stories I just, for some reason, really just touch me at the core, and I, I just feel like this is a great time of year to think about. You know, it, it gets inundated with all the plastic things and the, and, the, mm-hmm. and the gifts and the nonsense and the jewelry and all those things and. 
Um, it's nice if you can afford it and you want to buy something for somebody for sure. But I think what really comes down to is what's inside of us. Yeah. And uh, that opportunity for transformation and, and for love and giving, I think, is just so beautiful. And so it's uh, it's nice to, to bring that back to the forefront. I just saw an ad. It might have been AMC. They're redeveloping, redoing. It's coming out this December, a Christmas Carol, it's and it dark looks and like scary. it's more of a ghost story. Ooh, yeah. It's more of I mean, a Christmas Carol is a ghost story mm. at its heart. Yeah, this one looks a, a little creepier though. I'm I'm kind of looking forward yeah, to too. it. Honestly, me too. I think it's I the 19th that's coming out or something like that. Somewhere in mid December, it looks amazing. Okay, I just I just saw this last night. Yeah. And yeah. it's being released right to TV, AMC? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. It's Love being it. made for TV. Yeah. So Love it. All right. Not, not one of the big theater releases for the holidays, right. which we talked a little bit about uh, before we got into this segment off air. You, you've got uh, Mr. Rogers. You, oh, yeah. You've been wanting to see. You, you've yeah. got a, a great wait. little story on that, too. Yeah. I, so I'm a big fan of, uh, of uh, Mr. Rogers growing up, um, you know, coming out of the, the 70s and stuff. Yeah? Mm-hmm. That was, you know, great programming for a kid <laughs> and um and i've been um i've been reading his biography for for a little bit you know i fly around a lot so it's usually when i get my time to read and uh fantastic stuff just about the way he used media to, to get his message out there and always taking care of kids and kindness which resonates with me so i've got a little um motivational youtube series that we did last year called hey got a minute and there's uh, 60 episodes they're only two to three minutes each because we're very busy in our life although i still have some family members that tell me they don't have time to watch it which is <laughs> which is great I'm like, they're two to three minutes long. Um, but yet there's some girl out there, you know, with a 20 minute makeup tutorial and two million oh, yeah. people have watched it. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, so we haven't gone viral yet, but we made 60 of those. We're doing another 60 for Hey, Got a Minute. They release on uh, January 1st. And um, but one of them uh, talks about uh, Mr. Rogers in a song from one of his episodes. And um, a friend of mine uh, actually loaned to me one of the authentic Mr. Rogers uh, sweaters. And there's the dress shirt and the little blue blue uh, shoes that he had. Yeah. And, and it was all, it's all authenticated from PBS and I get to wear it wow. in this episode of Hey, Got a Minute. So it was like magical putting it say, on, you know? Feel putting that on? Yeah. Like, it was, actually feel like an energy? I'll tell you, there was something to it. There yeah. was something to it. It's like, just thinking about it, you know, I was yeah. like, wow, I, was like, I wonder if, <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if he was wearing this when I watched it, you know, right. as a kid, like yeah. who knows? It's what really cool. Wow. Yeah. It was one of the old ones with the buttons. Cause then you changed the zipper like oh, at some right, point right. through. Yeah. That's right. So, yeah. but uh, I didn't watch that. That closely. Yeah. <laughs> I'm all about wardrobe, you know. I mean, I did wear an upside down visor for years on TV. Obviously, <laughs> very true. fashion icon. <laughs> so too, check that out on YouTube. Too bad you didn't still have the mullet while you were wearing the upside I know, right? down visor. Oh, that would have topped If I ever return to television, maybe that's what we'll do. <laughs> that, that would have been over the edge. But check it out on YouTube. Hey, got a minute. Make that go viral. I got to believe it's much more deeper than the 20 minute tutorial on makeup. I, I, I'd hope so. Yeah. I hope so. <laughs> if not, you can always do that next yeah, time. Yeah, I, I might have to. Might have to. There is a lot of face paint in season two. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right? it's, it's not makeup, it's face paint, of gotcha. course. Yeah. Excellent. You doing some stuff for Kiss then? Uh, well, uh, not Kiss this time around, but uh, David Bowie excellent. and uh, The Crow. Yeah, yeah. Oh, good times. Crow. Yeah, I love The love Crow. Love The right? Crow. One of it's my favorite stuff. movies of all time. Amazing. Yeah, Amazing. For sure. So let's talk about that now. I mean, let's. we're up to uh, modern times now with you Dustin Perry and what he's doing you're doing hey got a minute you're out yeah. there doing the the lecture series what else is going on in your world right now, oh Dustin? 
don't know. It's a, you know, I'm always busy. I'm always doing a little bit of everything. We keep the day job locked down in healthcare, and uh, we travel around a lot doing paranormal lectures. Uh, still do you know local investigations with just one of my buddies. Okay. And right. uh, still something I'm really passionate about. Um, been offered a bunch of TV, but nothing that I would watch, so I won't be on it. And um, <laughs> good you know, to you for sticking with that. I appreciate it. It's just, and it's not like a you know, I'm not trying to be cocky or anything, but like. I've had the opportunity. It was an incredible ride. I'm very thankful for it. You know, I, I, it allowed me to travel to 27 countries and see a lot of the wow. world, a lot of culture, meet a lot of people. I've got friends in every you know state I go to. You know, from conventions and so many people I've been able to be a part of their lives and they become a part of mine. Um, but I'm not in a rush to just you know throw away you know my credibility or, or what I believe in just to be back on television. So, well, and you mentioned all the travel. I, Ghost Hunters International, of course. Where where does the burnout come in that? Yeah. Yeah, and that, sure. That's got to be that one had to have been tough. It was tough, especially at the time. My daughter was just around a year old, and like you want to be home, and right. you're on the road for like two months at a time. And you know, it, it was what maybe nine. Uh, uh, 10, 11 years ago, but um, technology isn't what it was now. You know, I remember I remember being Tasmania. In Tasmania, waiting in line with my laptop behind the production members to plug into the one dial-up internet cable they had oh, at the front desk, man. just so you could send an email home. Like, wow. there was no FaceTime or anything. Like, yeah. you know, you might be able to get on Skype if you're in a good country and you got wireless <laughs> and stuff. So, um, it was very, very difficult, and, and I really missed it. Um, I, I missed being home, so that's why we had to quit all that stuff. So, uh, now now, though, my daughter's about to be a teenager, and uh, I could probably go on the road and nobody would care. So yeah, dad's not <laughs> yeah. as cool anymore. No, right dad's not that. as cool anymore, so I got to yeah. renew my cool stuff and just <laughs> yeah. send the checks home so we can buy more stuff from Sephora. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do want to ask you, though, about those those that time when you were filming Ghost Hunters International. And I probably think of this more than most people because I love food. And I often <laughs> wondered how you guys ate feel on you. the road like that oh, when you man. go to these countries where like sheep intestines is like a delicacy yeah. mm. and you just want a cheeseburger. Yeah. What would you guys do? Did you have food flown in or did you have to eat the culture that you were at? I am very picky. Yeah. Um, I don't like seafood. I don't like Mexican food. I, I get a lot of issues with my stomach. So I would always pack um, a box of Pop-Tarts uh-huh. that I would take with me everywhere. And then as soon as I get to the country, I'd buy bread, peanut butter, and jelly. And I would keep that in my room so okay. that like, if I couldn't get a pizza, at least I had something to fall back on because it was uh, it was rough sometimes. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'm not into like they were eating duck eggs with like actual little ducks inside them. Oh. Yeah, no, oh. no thanks. Hamsters down in Peru, like, uh, nope. Hamsters. Yeah, yeah. Yep, what guinea, else? guinea pig, can't, can't whatever. Be very filling. Yeah, I wouldn't no. think so. No, a lot, like lot of bones. You yeah, <laughs> you're hungry again. Yeah. No thanks. No, I wasn't into any of that stuff. No, no. Anything no. else like that that you remember? Um, no, I try to stay away from all of yeah, it, man. Yeah, yeah, just give me mozzarella sticks. Give me pizza. Give me pasta. Did you have you some know? people on the crew though who loved? Ex- oh yeah. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah. I remember uh, Barry Fitzgerald. Yeah. I remember him being actually looking at the. I think it was in in Peru. I think it was a guinea pig or whatever. And he's like, oh look, Mr. P. You can see this little man. And purse right there. I'm like, oh, oh my god! Oh, that's I'm like, horrible. Stop it, Barry. He was, <laughs> he was always creepy with that kind of thing. Oh man, oh, that, just, that gives me flashbacks from a trip I took to Romania. Yeah, you were over that. He- right? Head cheese and blood sausage. Oh yeah. And you, you got to the point. I lost ten pounds being over there for a week and a half. Just and Romania, you were still drinking like a pig. Oh wow, you, you, <laughs> you needed sustenance. Yeah, so, right. uh, yeah. No, there was a, there was decent beer. Yeah, but yeah there was. You, we we finally figured out that you. It's funny you brought up pizza because that was the one thing that we got to the point you could always get a decent small person. somewhere because that's o- over there in Europe mainly too. It's 
pizza is not a family dish it's a small personal so we we found that most places we went we could get that but yeah the further out of bucharest you went the the slimmer the pickings were and a lot of it was um i I hate to say recycled animal parts not things that you would normally eat. sure yeah just parts parts (laughs) romania's pieces and parts romania was uh yeah for food and cuisine not not a foodie paradise my favorite thing in romania they had a place called gogoasa inferiata which translated meant the angry donut and they were basically like fried donuts like we have jelly donuts but they were filled with like chocolate pudding or vanilla oh, pudding and they were warm and you just go to the window in the morning and get them so man. it's a fresh pop tart oh yeah. exactly it was it was my favorite part of Romania so uh, Ur- Ur- Ursus beer and uh, God, what was uh liquor that we drank as a probiotic almost <laughs> palenka palenka it was basically gasoline yeah um, you did a shot before a meal so Keeps you didn't you alive. get poisoning so yeah. oh, <laughs> uh the funds of traveling abroad <laughs> was there one go-to food you would as soon as you got back to the states you're like i'm getting it on my way home from the airport, I'm picking this food up. Oh, man, I don't know. It's, um, I, I love, um, you know me, I love my desserts and stuff. Yes. I love my pie. Um, a nice grilled cheese and bacon always goes well. Um, but uh, hot dogs, you know, you know. Yeah. I remember being in Sweden. Speaking of pieces and parts of uh, <laughs> right? For sure, for sure. But we do it We do it good here in America. Right, right. I remember being in Sweden once, and um, it's it's kind of like it is, you know, here in the Sioux and, and also back home in New England, um, very dark and very cold for most of the year mm-hmm. and um, I remember being in a gas station at like 4 o'clock in the afternoon it's pitch black out and they have those you know that hot dog that's been rolling on the, the rollers for the longest <laughs> yeah. time yeah. but like there's they were like very seafood heavy so I was like well I'll just see the hot dog you know and then I was trying to explain to the guy I wanted ketchup there's no ketchup and he gives me like what looks like we would normally squeeze ketchup out of yeah but there's like this white sauce that comes out. And I was like, I don't know what that is, but I don't want it on my hot dog. It was like I'm wiping it off with a napkin because they wouldn't give me another hot dog because now I've already purchased this one. I was like, this. I don't know what the white sauce was, but I was not eating it, man. No way. Oh, man. A little tartar. Yeah, yes. no thanks. Yeah, give me good old American hot dogs, please. Yeah. How was the hot dog in itself? It was okay. It was, okay. It, was, it was a little browner than, than most of the ones here, but it was all right. All right. It's all right. All right. So, uh, book now what would are, are you are you authoring any new books right yeah now? yeah we've got i think five that we've already put out i'm going to write uh, two more i'm not working on any paranormal books currently i'm um, kind of focused on i want to do one straight up motivational book mm-hmm. and um that one i'm about halfway through and i'm basically taking a lot of my concepts that I, i've written on twitter and everything which is where i put a lot of my messages out yeah. but i don't want to be limited to those characters you know so I, I put the message out there and then i kind of explain in the next page page and a half what what that means and uh, hopefully that'll give some people some inspiration you know and then uh, I have another one that's going to be my first ever fiction book and it's a wonderful look into my brain and all the weird stuff that goes on in there because it's a dang mess but it's it's like Wizard of Oz and it's um, it's I almost said Harry Met Sally it's nothing like Harry Met Sally <laughs> but it's it's a lot like like the Wizard of Oz and uh, uh, Alice in Wonderland and there's all these wonderful characters and it's uh, it's like exploring the magical mystery box and so there's a lot of motivation in there but hidden in a wonderful, colorful, weird uh, LSD-style Beatles <laughs> trip, but there's no drugs involved, kids. <laughs> Love it. So what, you kind of have a, a time frame for... Um, yeah, I'm hoping to, get them, uh, hoping to get them out by, um, by spring or summer of uh, 2020. So okay. um, a lot of it has to go through my editor first. Um, my, my good friend Jessica down in Atlanta, she edits all my stuff. God bless her. I don't know how anybody else can do it because it's... 
I talk in run-on sentences. I write in run-on sentences. Mm-hmm. That's how I think. So it's like, here, here's a paragraph, and it's one sentence. Figure it out. <laughs> um, but she's done a great job with all my books and making sure that my voice still stays in it. So it, it's when you read my stuff, it's like you're you're talking to me. Yeah. So um, so I, there's going to be a lot of stuff on her plate, but uh, hopefully in spring or summer of 2020. Now, nice. the titles that you already have out there, are those still available? Can you get those on Amazon or on DustinPerry.com? Yeah, all or the links if are. If somebody wants them for Christmas, where do they yeah. go? <laughs> Christmas. Yeah, Christmas indeed. Uh, DustinPerry.com has links to all of them on my uh, my books page um, because you can get them through Amazon, but you know, there's always people selling used copies for like crazy amounts of money. I'm like, you can get them new a lot cheaper, yeah. you know? <laughs> But um, yeah, so if you go to DustinPerry.com, it has all the links for him and uh, uh, what's next, Stand the Devil Shivered. Um, these the books seem to. Kaleidoscope is the newest yeah. one. Um, and they're all kind of like weird little insights to my life. And Stand the Devil Shivered, I wrote every day for a year. People seem to really like that one. It's a lot of behind the scenes stories from ghost hunters and stuff. But it's a lot of, you know, people often, I give them advice like, oh, well, if it was just that easy, you're on TV, it's easy. I'm like, no, it's not. <sighs> so Stand the Devil Shivered is like day to day, like here I am grinding it out, you know, working the day job sleeping in my truck in between filming ghost hunters and like trying to stay alive you know yeah. and so I wanted people to get a feel of that but uh, and what's next seems to, to really motivate a lot of people to find what's next in their life and um, so there's a lot of good stuff that's out there and then uh, you know Barry and I did write a couple of paranormal books together and stuff so so mm-hmm. they're there as well um, but yeah I love writing I like um, just letting people know what's uh, what goes on in my head because Lord knows there's a lot <laughs> <laughs> do you ever speaking of Barry Fitzgerald do you and him still keep in touch yeah yeah we talk every once in a while you know he's out in the UK still and and uh, he got married and settled down, and uh, he renovated a church to live in because, God forbid, you just buy a house. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he's, uh, awesome. But he was running, like, different paranormal tours, and he did some U.K. television and everything. So uh, he's a great guy. I really enjoy working with I him. I think we had Barry on the sh- I think it was one of the first shows we ever did we had He Barry and Cormac on. Strain. Right. Yeah, we had right. them on together. They had just released a book together. It's like It might have been our right. inaugural show. It was, it was, it was within one the first two. two or three. It was one or two, yes. I believe. Yeah. So, but it's been a while since we've had a chance to talk with Barry. Yeah. He's written a ton of books. Good stuff too. A lot of good good ideas he has. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's got one of those brains outside that really the box. Thinks outside the box. Yeah. For yeah. sure. Yeah. For yeah. sure. So he's always. Uh, he's just sitting around drinking Jameson with him. If he says all kinds of stuff. <laughs> it's like what the heck is going on. Oh, that's fun. Bradley, anything else from you, or should we, uh, is it time to uh, untie Dustin from the chair and let him go? Yeah, I, I, I think we're, we're good. We've got a, we're, we're going to be hanging out with Dustin for a couple days yet here. Right. That's and, right. You guys will be sick of me soon enough. Stalking him throughout the uh, public school systems here. Well, here's the, here's the good deal. If you want to uh, catch up on everything uh, Dustin Perry, go to his website, DustinPerry.com. You can check out all the uh, lectures he's got coming up and like like I said, Dustin, I was already on there looking. You've already got a full schedule coming, and we're happy to know that you will be back with us yes, uh, for indeed. MI Paracon 11 I can't in wait. August. Yeah, so the hallways yeah. at, at Kuwait will be much fuller. <laughs> indeed. Than, yeah, it's, very, so. yeah. <laughs> it's very strange being there without everybody there. It is. It's it's a different feeling. That's, yeah. Uh, that's for sure. Well, Dustin Perry, thank you so much, my friend, for coming on in. Uh, on behalf of everyone here at Creek and Door, we wish you and your family the best for the holidays. Thank you very much. All right. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to close things out with Creaking Door Paranormal Radio, powered by SlackJobHunks.com.
think of Michigan's Upper Peninsula as the scary attic sitting there above the rest of the state, I can think of no better guides to take you inside the history and lore than the guise of the Upper Peninsula Paranormal Research Society. Those are the words from writer and lead researcher for the hit TV show Ghost Adventures, Jeff Belanger. For over 20 years, the Upper Peninsula Paranormal Research Society has dedicated their lives to researching the paranormal. And now, some of their favorite cases are brought to life on the pages of their debut book, Supernatural Haunts. Come inside these pages with the team as they share intimately the history of each location and their experiences during their investigation. Learn their techniques and some of the most intense moments they have faced. True stories and true accounts of ghosts await you inside the pages of Supernatural Haunts by the Upper Peninsula Paranormal Research Society. Get your autographed copy today at www.upernaturalhaunts.com. And welcome back inside Creek and Gore Paranormal Radio. Tim Ellis and Brad Blair with you as we are back for our final segment where we're going to check out some mailbag. And uh, Dustin, psych! We're not letting you go anywhere. You're still talking. I was so close. <laughs> that, that smile when you were frowned so quickly. No, uh, but thank you for sticking around one more segment. Yeah, no uh, because One more zip tie and he would have been out of here. That's right. Uh, but uh, we, we close out every show with a mailbag segment for listeners to uh, fire, reach out to us through our website and our Facebook page. And we thought this one was just too perfect for you not to stick around. All right. All right. So this one comes from Grace out of Bay Village, Ohio. I actually had to check out Bay Village. I Googled it. And it's actually a town about the size of Sault Ste. Marie. So very similar population-wise to where we are at here in the studios of Creaking Door. And Grace says, she goes, uh, you two have mentioned before on how you and your team started in the field years before the TV show Craze and have seen the change since then and the TV show popularity. I was wondering if you could share your perspective on how the TV show popularity has changed the field for better or for worse. Love the show. Thank you for giving some time to the listeners and helping me get through my commutes. Well, first of all, Grace, we appreciate the email. Thank you. And again, I mean, no better person to help answer this one than Mr. Dustin Perry, of course, who uh, was with the original Ghost Hunters and uh, then went on to Ghost Hunters at International. What year was it? What season was it when you came into Ghost Hunters? Dustin? I came into Ghost Hunters in season two. So I was like the original wow. like fanboy. Like yeah. it's, uh, I, I had started investigating, you know, when I was a teenager um, prior to the TV shows and everything mm-hmm. and uh, just would go around with my buddies and everything. And then one night I'm home watching TV and I'm like, whoa, these guys get invited in people's houses and actually do this stuff. <laughs> like, I'm used to getting chased out of places, you know. <laughs> right. So, um, I, you know, I, I emailed everybody and emailed them again and again and again. <laughs> and uh, eventually, you know, got to be a part of the team. And I was told I couldn't be on the show, but I could work locally. I was like, that's perfect. I was yeah. like, you know, I already have two jobs. I don't yeah. need another one. Yeah. Um, but then they brought me back in and I got to be a part of the show and it took off from there. But I, I think the television thing is, is nice, you know, but it is like a double-edged sword. Like, it was nice because yeah. it made it a lot more comfortable mm-hmm. for us freaks, geeks, and weirdos to talk about this stuff. Right. You know, it went from stuff you kind of whisper about with friends that you trust to water cooler conversation. Mm-hmm. You know, what's on Ghost Hunters? What's on this show, that yeah. show, like whatever they are. Um, so it made it a much more commonplace thing and it made it easy to talk about. But of course, with everything else, you you know, you get a lot of snake oil salesmen mm-hmm. and you get a lot of nonsense and BS. And, you know, I went through a phase where everybody was uh, sensitive. Everybody was psychic. And now everybody's an empath is like the new thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, listen, I think a lot of people do have these abilities, you know, for yeah. sure. But I think people... People are getting things confused too. Like, 
being able to uh, to show empathy and to feel what somebody else feels and to care about what somebody else is going through is different than being empathic, you know? Right. So right. all of us should be able to show empathy, but I think so many of us are so damn closed off mm-hmm. that all of a sudden caring about somebody else and what their story is feels like we have a superpower. Right. Um, <laughs> right. And yeah, you know, everybody, it's, but the downside of the TV stuff is, you know, uh, every house has a portal. Every house has a demon. Like yes. whatever the, the new, yeah, you yes. got to have a, a demon, you got to have a portal and a demon yep. in the basement and you know yeah. It, it gets to the point where it gets to be a little bit too much because mm-hmm. um, I feel like one, not every house is haunted and not everything that's out there is negative. But, you know, from somebody who worked in media for many years with CBS and Fox, like if it bleeds, it leads. Right. If somebody's crying, put a camera in their face. So yeah. that's what they go for. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so double edged sword for sure. It, it made it easier to talk about. But then, you know, there's a lot of nonsense that goes with it, too. So don't throw mm-hmm. the baby out with the bathwater. The spirit world's very, very real. Uh, but don't believe everything you see on television. That goes for everything. Yeah. It's an entertainment value. you got to remember that. Absolutely. I mean, when we started back, whenever we put the the official team together, I guess, was in the the 90s 90s, sometime. Yeah, yeah, back then it was was all about discretion. You were very discreet. You didn't say where you were going. If if a family called you in, they didn't want people to know that they had someone coming in to investigate because they thought their house was haunted. They didn't want their friends, their family, their neighbors to think they were nuts. So you just didn't didn't talk about it. It was it was something you kept quiet. Nowadays, it's kind of a, a mantle that they wear, and it's it's yeah. if we come in and and tell people, well, you know, you, you've actually got issues with your uh, your electrical system. You've got issues with this, this, this that's causing. Mad. Yeah, it's it's that don't take away my ghost mentality. Yeah. Yeah. And, and unfortunately, I mean, back when we started up, I think there were four or five teams in the entire state of Michigan. Now you've got one on every corner. Right. So if they don't like what you tell them, they they'll keep bringing on the next and the next until somebody does. And then that's that's what they put out there and that's what they're going to run with. Those early years before, uh, just uh, what changed it for us was the Ghost Hunters TV show. Absolutely. Prior to that, if we told people what we did, nine times out of ten, they looked at us like we were nuts. Like, why would you even do this? You know, once Ghost Hunters came out, then all of a sudden it got to the point where we realized if a homeowner was calling us in, we had to be very serious about, do not invite people over. I mean, it got to the right. point where they were inviting friends and family over to watch. The it was a it was oh, a party. Yeah, you know? It was yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. It, it yeah. was a house party. Yeah, and and so it it in in we we've said it the very same way you did, Dustin. It's a, it, it truly is a double edged sword. Mm-hmm. It opened up conversation. It made people more comfortable to talk about it. But then it also became. Well, when we we became the the regional TAPS family team for the state of Michigan, Mm -hmm. and all of a sudden when you replied to someone that had sent into the TAPS family and they realized Jason and Grant weren't going to show up at their front door, you never heard heard back from them. Then all of a sudden the the case wasn't important anymore. (laughs) And in in that, you know, man, I remember when we first became the, the northern Michigan chapter for TAPS family. The amount of emails we would get where everyone, again, because back then, and it wasn't Ghost Hunters, there were two other shows that were on simultaneously that every episode was a demon mm-hmm. or a dark entity or an evil energy. Mm-hmm. And every email we were getting was, right. I think we've got a demon in our house. And yeah. it's like, first, got to talk them back from the ledge a little bit right. and then open up conversation and really get to the bottom of what's going on. Yeah. So, yeah, truly a double-edged sword. Um, but we can't deny its place in pop culture or 
in paranormal history right and what yeah, for it. sure yeah for sure awesome stuff well hopefully dude you're gonna uh keep fighting the good fight and and eventually get out there with the the project you want to do yeah yeah i hope so you know if, if nothing else i still go out and i do the work i want and do it yeah. the way i want but uh yeah you know if television gives me the uh, the right opportunity and lets me do things my way then we'll play but if not no thanks yeah there you go awesome you just keep reaching your fans doing what you're doing that's right yeah. thank you there we go okay once again finally <laughs> we are going to untie you and i'm let you free go now. <laughs> again happy holidays to you and your friends all right and you family. guys too yeah. thank you very much thanks, thanks dustin for coming on in all right on behalf of uh, my co-host brad blair and the producers of the show my name's tim ellis thanks for tuning in to another episode of creaking door paranormal radio wishing all listeners a very happy and safe holiday season we will get one more in before christmas we will plan anyway yes. on the schedule yes it's yeah. gonna happen yes for sure all right and once again remember you can always find us on the platforms itunes google play stitcher coming soon we've been told it's gonna happen spotify and of course our home at slackjawpunks.com this has been creaking door paranormal radio the creaking door.